Please join me turning to John 6, 1 through 14. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up to the mountain and he sat down and with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. And when he looked up and saw a large crowd coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? And he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, This is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about five thousand in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, Gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up. And from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. And when the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. May God add a blessing to this reading of the Scripture and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Amen. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying the seed, will come again with joy, will come again with joy, shouldering the sheaves. Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying the seed, will come again with joy, will come again with joy, shouldering the sheaves. Los que sembraron con lágrimas cosecharán con gritos de alegría los que sembraron con lágrimas cosecharán con gritos de alegría 
los que sembraron con lágrimas, cosecharon con gritos de alegría. Los que sembraron con lágrimas, cosecharon con gritos de alegría. As I said earlier, uh, we have, we're in the midst of our stewardship campaign. And in fact, today, you are invited to uh, pledge your commitment to the ministry of this church or your financial resources you're planning to uh, commit to this church. It's my prayer that you have been in prayer about this over the last week and that God has led you to a, a particular number, I guess. And uh, I just want to encourage you to be deliberate in your support, your financial support of the church. And there are blessings to be had by that deliverance. There's blessings to be had by that intentionality and making it a spiritual discipline that you add to your life. Uh, I, so at the end, you'll have an opportunity after the service is over to sit and pray for a moment about that and then off, bring your uh, offering to the cornucopia up front here. And uh, we will, that will help us. If you tell us what you're planning to give, that will help us as we plan out the year and our stewardship of the resources that we're given. And I also want to say, if you're here visiting, this doesn't concern you, really. And it's really for the people who have made a commitment to this congregation. And so you just get to sit in on housekeeping business, I guess, as we do that. <laughs> Jesus in this text faces an attitude that is so relevant to our lives today that it would be foolish for us not to be talking about it. And that is the issue of scarcity and abundance. And we've been talking about this as we've been talking about um, using the imagery of bread as our symbol for scarcity and abundance that God provides. The disciples here say there is not enough. And Jesus says there is more than enough. How easy it is to look around and say there is not enough, especially in these difficult times we're in right now. And as a culture, I think we are trained to constantly want more, constantly observe that there is not a church and e or not enough. And even as a church, we often look at what God wants us to do and what we have and what we think we can realistically accomplish and we say, there is not enough. Now I've been here about a year and something and, and you wouldn't believe how often the council meeting is me saying, we got to do this. <laughs> and the council reminding me of there would be great, but there's not enough. <laughs> to which we struggle and we, we work through it and we try to figure out. And we have experienced many times when there has been said there's not enough. We've experienced that when Jesus responds back to us, there is more than enough. And it is, it's budget time, it's pledge time, it's stewardship time. And I can guarantee you that after we hand in the pledges today and compare them to the budget we have in our minds, 
the answer will come back, there's not enough. There's a huge gap between what the church says it can do and what God says I'm asking you to do. To this, Jesus replies, there is more than enough. We have more than enough people to accomplish what God has in store for us. We have more than enough resources, more than enough time, talent, and yes, we have more than enough money to do everything God wants us to do and much, much more. And it comes down to, like we were talking with the children today, sharing. There is more than enough people to fulfill the calling of this church, yet only a fraction of us are really willing to give an appropriate amount of time. There is more than enough talent, but too often we believe that little voice inside of us that says, I don't have anything really to contribute. I really don't have much to bring. I, what can I do? What is my, you know, I have no talent. I can't sing. I can't speak in public. What can I do? There is more than enough treasure. There is more than enough money out here, but often our own need to feel secure financially keeps us from bringing it to God. Or, if you are like me, here's Pastor Curtis's confession, it finds its way into the hands of some coffee shop, some department store, some restaurant, long before it ever comes near the church. This is my sin, I'm sorry to say. And it is this notion of sharing that is at the heart of the story we hear today coming to us from John. The masses who have gathered to hear the Word of God coming from Jesus are hungry. And the disciples are trying to figure out what to do. And in this particular version, Jesus says, where are we to buy the bread? John tells us he's testing them. To which the disciples talk about how there is just not enough. Six months' wages would not buy enough for people to have even just a little bit. But here's Andrew. Andrew, I like Andrew because he's such a problem solver and he, he connects people. Andrew was the, uh, is, is the first century equivalent of Facebook, right? He brings people together. And in this sense, Andrew brings this little boy who has five loaves and a couple of fish, he says, look, I found this little boy. He's willing to share, but he only has a little bit. That's not nearly enough. But this one, this little boy who is willing to share what he has, and in this act of sharing, what happens? There is found abundance. There is found more than enough. Twelve baskets full of abundance from this one little boy who gets it. <laughs> Funny how this little child gets it and the disciples seem lost and confused. And it strikes me that our life as the church really mimics this story. We are called as a people together to this spot, this beacon on a hill, to feed the people of Salt Lake City with God's Word, with God's grace and forgiveness, with God's abundance and with God's love. Amen? You can say amen anytime. You don't have to wait for me to prompt you. You can say it anytime you want. 
We are called as a church to feed these people. Called to ministry that runs only as people are willing to offer what they have and allow Jesus to make more out of it than what it is. Amen. And what I, I, this strikes me as amazing. I'm amazed that the church really works. Right? This church has been here for a hundred and... How many years has this been here? hundred and what? 128 years. 128 years this church has been feeding the people of Salt Lake City with the Word of God, with the love of God, with the, with the grace and mercy that God brings to us through Jesus Christ. And it just amazes me because not many of us are trained in nonprofit management. Not many of us have business degrees. Not many of us even have a background in organizational structures. And yet, for more than a century, this church has been an effective contributor to the well-being of this city and to the thousands and thousands of people who have been a part of this church over the ages. Wow! And it all comes down to what? Sharing. To people being willing to share what they have in time, talent, and treasure. Here was a little boy whose mother was smart enough to pack a lunch for him, whereas the rest of them just kind of went off without anything. And he had enough for himself. And it was nothing special. Bread, fish. But he was willing to share it. We, have, we all have gifts. We all have something to bring. We all have talents. We all have resources that God has given us. And we all have been brought together in this place to continue the legacy of what this church is about and to continue to feed the people of Salt Lake City and the world by extension. And it's up to us to share. And when we do, when we do bring what we have to bear, when we say, I feel like I don't have enough, but I am willing to share. I'm willing to adjust my own lifestyle so that there will be a little bit to share. I'm willing to take the extra time. I'm willing to stretch myself a little bit and explore what God might be calling me to do. I'm willing to take a portion of what God has blessed me with in my, in my monetary resources and give it back to the church. And when we do, man, that's when things really start to take off. That's when things really help and really start to come together because what God does is makes it more than what it seems to be. And I don't mean God magically makes a bunch of money appear. That is not what I'm talking about. But there is more than enough Excuse me. There's more than enough treasure, but often our own needs to feel secure financially keeps us from bringing it to God. Or, you know, like me, they we end up sharing it somewhere else. <laughs> but as we come together, and it comes down to this sharing, when we do this, we bring what we have and we allow it to be used of God, we start to reflect the body of Christ. We start to live up to all that God has in store for us, the church. Paul said that we are one body 
made up of many different parts. A foot can't be an eye, an eye can't be an ear. We each have a part to play. But we're only one body when all those parts come together. All those parts are needed to be the entire body of Christ. You know what? I'm a good minister. I'm a good pastor. I'm, I'm good at what I do. But if you weren't there throwing in with what you have, I'd just be the mouth part of the body, right? <laughs> the tongue, if you will. And what good is that? What good is that? And many have said a leader without followers is just a guy out for a walk, right? We all must come together bringing all that we are. Some of us being a foot, some of us being the hand, some of us being the eyes, some of us being the ears. And we are indeed called to be the hands and feet of Christ. Jesus isn't here anymore except through you. Amen. Only as we are willing is Jesus alive in the world today. Furthermore, it, this giving of who we are to the community that Christ has called together here, it helps us and it makes us fellow travelers. This is important. As we are fellow travelers, the journey is harder when you are not there. You know, I know, and I, you've heard me say this a lot, but, but it bears repeating. I know a lot of us get a lot of we love being out in nature and we experience God there and maybe on the slopes. Whatever excuse you use to not be in church on Sunday. <laughs> you know, we experience God in those moments of solitude. And I say, you know, bless you for that. I think that's great. And it is true. So there are moments when it's just you and God and that's wonderful. But i got to tell you that that only lasts so long. And my discipline of that, yeah, I'm not the best personal prayer in the world. That's been, that has to do with me being an extrovert probably, but uh, I feel God closest Sunday morning when I am with you traveling together on this pilgrimage of faith. Amen? I feel God's presence more now than any time when I'm sitting by myself talking to God. And that's because we are on this journey together. And the proverb says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need each other on this journey. Amen? We need each other to accomplish the things of God. No one of us can do it alone. God has called, and this is by design, God has called us together for that. And furthermore, we don't have to feel the burden of doing it all alone. I don't have to feel like I have to accomplish everything. I can turn and say, look, look at the abundance of resources God has brought to bear. And it held, all of this, as we contribute our time, talent, and treasure to the ministry of this community of faith, it helps produce within us an attitude of abundance. And when we realize within ourselves that God has provided more than enough, we begin to find it easy to make the necessary adjustments to our lifestyle to make sure there is more than enough to share. i got to say, this is, this is where I need to come out here and say, if I were a preacher who preached a, a prosperity gospel, I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but there are preachers out there, and if you ever hear them, run away. But if there are preachers out there who will tell you that if you are faithful in your giving to the church, God will provide you with 
abundant monetary resources. In other words, give and God will, it'll be like the lottery, right? You'll get, you'll get everything you need and more and you'll be fine. I say that's hogwash because this is the reality. The reality is I understand that you have just a limited amount. And the fact is, I think God calls us to change the way we live in order to make room for the ability to give. It's a matter of, it's, God says your lifestyle may need to change to make room for this, but I promise you that the lifestyle you embrace as a result of that will bring with it blessings. That's, that's what I'm telling you, is that as you make the adjustments in your life to make room for what God is calling us to, to make room for joining this community of faith as it goes about the work of feeding the people of Salt Lake City, the blessings you will receive, including the blessing of maybe having a more disciplined financial life, <laughs> you'll begin to see those things. And it won't be that you, can, you don't ever have to change anything. You will have to change some things. But the blessings will result from that. There are millions of reasons to give of your time, talent, and treasure. There are some bad reasons, I also have to say. Don't, uh, guilt, obligation, f fear, or coercion. These are bad things. And this is definitely not what I'm trying to accomplish today. Don't let me guilt you into doing anything. It is not my intention to make you feel guilty. It's my, attention, it's my intention to point you to the abundance that God provides through this story today and through the, through the witness of this community of faith over, over the century and more. There are good reasons to give, such as a sense of community, as a spiritual discipline, or out of passion for the ministry that we do here together. But ultimately, it comes down to sharing what God has provided. Our time, our talent, our treasure. Because one has offered oneself to God. Wholly and completely. And when this occurs first, when we say to ourselves, God, all that I have and all that I am belongs to You. Quite frankly, money ceases to be a big issue. Resources ceases to be a big issue. The faith of a child is what's called for. The disciples saw all of the, all of the obstacles, all of the reasons that feeding everyone was a problem. The little boy simply brought what he had and was willing to share. And that's when the miracles take place. Let us pray. Loving God, as we come to this time of commitment, as we come to a time when we think about our commitment to this community of faith and to following Your ways in general, we invite Your Holy Spirit to convict our hearts, to point us toward You, and to remind us of the blessing of such faithfulness. May we, out of joy, give ourselves to You completely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.